like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 outer shell fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 outer shell fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash flex7. Flex 7, powered by enforced technology. Only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Good evening and welcome to another edition of everyone's favorite radio show. It's the Larry Conley Radio Show with uh, everyone's favorite host, Larry Conley, and of course, uh, the glue crew that does the glue crews. First day with the new lips, that's me, uh, Dave <laughs> And our Mama Elaine, and today's guest is a fabulous Forest Reader. So without further ado, let's get started. Let's get this show on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him. You love him. He's your favorite fearless leader. He's the man who put the hole in holes integrity test. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephanie Chief, Larry Conley. Great uh, first of the year introduction. Yeah. <laughs> I do what I can. I've been called Trying a lot of things, it. and some things I've been called, you know, mm-hmm. more than once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's for another show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's the glue crew out the dark, you know. So, right. You know, next time, next yeah. time, don't answer. You know, right, so. right. You don't right. know about that. And that's dangerous yeah, stuff. Right. That's I won't go back, brothers. I won't go back. No, I ain't going back. <laughs> I, I'm trying to pay my way through college already, so I'm trying not to, mm-hmm. try to make my money clean now. You know, right, right. <laughs> don't okay. don't want to shake what my mama gave me. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, she's on the call. She's on the call, right? Mm-hmm. Which means she can vouch for what she gave. Me. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she used to change. Man, man. One, one I did first, the best I could. That's all I you know, know. One of the first females to see it before they start throwing money at mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You had to pamper it, you know. Well, well, give it some hugs. Loves Loves and huggies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after that, I learned how to pull up by myself. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we can do we can do this whole show, but we're not gonna do that because that's not what we're signed up for. Sunday, they sign off. Okay, how about that? <laughs> they just sign up for tons of puns, and we got them. We've been doing this for a decade now, and in the decade, you know, I wish we can go back and put all the clips together, all the what we little things we like to call tons of puns, you know, so right. people, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. keep the people laughing, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when you ain't good looking, you got to be funny, you know. So. Right, exactly. And we are hilarious. You are hilarious. Yes. Right. Oh my god! Set the bar for that, right? Oh my goodness! Right, exactly. no pun intended. <laughs> right, right, no pun intended. So. Um, but anyway, um, and, and you and you see where we get it from. We get it from my mom and. Um, she got it from her mom. We had met our grandma. Right. Well, couldn't hear very well, which made it even more funny. So. Right. <laughs> got to misinterpret right. some of the stuff you were talking about, you know. She can Joan, I know that. Yeah, she can Joan. Don't don't mess with grandma. Right. But you, you had to bring your bring your lunch because she's gonna mm-hmm. get at you. you know, so. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, happy new year, everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, we, I'm, next time I'm going to have a better microphone set up and all that. Um, get the technology up. I've been doing it one way for so long and technology has changed and a new um, format is that they have trouble editing because uh, even though with my command presence, uh, I don't speak as loud as I should. And I never really had to. I mean, when I had, when I was on the fire ground, I always took a lot of pride in not having to scream at people. You know, I knew a mm-hmm. lot of leaders and all they did scream, scream, scream. And what I found out is all this screaming, they, they, they empty his wagons, make the loudest noise. And a lot of times mm-hmm. they were screaming um, because they weren't doing a lot of training um, back home. And so I didn't really have to do a lot of screaming, thank God, because I always had pretty good crews who uh, we all knew what was happening when we showed up on the scene. And with that being said, not that I didn't have to raise my voice like we all do because the fire scene is loud and dynamic and sometimes you're not working with your people. But if you could do it in a way that doesn't require a lot of screaming, yelling and belittling and all that kind of stuff, then you probably, chances are you did a pretty good job in training, you know, and that's what we always try to do. Uh, So I've never have been a, a screamer. At least in the background, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's another show. But anyway, uh, but, so, um, but nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, uh, so I to, really, yeah, really training myself to speak up a bit on this. I know um, when we did the um, keynote, thank God we had a microphone because once again, I'm not, mm-hmm. not a screamer talker person. But um, Bobby Hogg once told me. Uh, don't really change that. You know, you uh, always have great stories. So let people lean in and hear the story. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a great piece of advice because it actually sounds very weird when I'm talking really loud. It's just not me. It's, it's, it sounds funny. So I'm not trying to sound funny. Yeah, and that's in every. Funny. Yeah, it does sound funny, doesn't it? Sounds mm-hmm. funny. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, January, we're kicking off um, the. These winter months are, if you don't know, Uncle Larry's a, a tropical brother. I love the summer. Mm-hmm. I love um, uh, tropical I love green grass and I love, I love trees with greenery on it. I love going outside mm-hmm. with white beater on. You know, I love that kind of stuff. You can't do that in the snow. You just can't do it. So, <laughs> and. What makes it so bad, I had to pick a profession where I had to work in the snow. You know, the mm-hmm. weather man said, for the love of God, don't go outside. It's, it's, it's too bad that you're going you're gonna to freeze your, your mm-hmm. you're going to freeze, you're going to mm-hmm. freeze your stuff off, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that'd be just the time we get the call for first alarm, fire in the house, uh, people trapped or whatever. And we're like, it's going to be a while and we got to get out in that mm-hmm. stuff. Unlike other uh, professions that you may not have to get out in it, we would have to get out in it and throw water and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I said, why did I pick this profession? Mm-hmm. Have to mm-hmm. go to the very depths of mm-hmm. the bowels of, of, they can't say mm-hmm. the bowels of hell because it's too cold for that. The bowels are strong, you know, to, uh, to do my job. But uh, it was always a good feeling when we were done, but didn't have a lot of fun doing it uh, and you got icicles hanging from your stuff even even snot coming out your nose is frozen mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. a bad scene you know mm-hmm. of course you've probably been through that before you know yeah mm-hmm. but um 
But so the winter has never been one of my favorite things. And now to add insult to injury, then we've had two uh, <clears throat> two issues that didn't happen. That's going to be a forever thing. Uh, one in December, one in January. So I want to kind of I want to kick off really on a solemn note, but I do want to uh, make sure that I kind of mention uh, why winter is another just took another blow for the tropical brother. And um, so in December of um. um not last year, but you're now. Now, when you say January, say last year, you gotta be careful. It's probably the year before. We're talking about. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah. But in 2022, we lost um, um, two people, both family, I would consider, um, January 13th. And that's going to be coming up in a few days, that two year anniversary of the passing of firefighter Ben Polson. And that happened in January 13th. I was down in um, Pensacola, actually, for the Kurt Igerson's, um seminar down there. And um, going down there, you know, just to learn, and continue to learn. And um, I'm down there for that when I get the word of what happened. And, uh, so two of you guys are trapped. And um, one made it out, and the other one didn't make it out. Make it out. And then the one who didn't make it out was firefighter Ben Paulson, 33 years old. Died tragically in the house fire in the 13th um, protection area. And, um, you know, you read about this stuff and it happens to other people and you feel bad. And if you don't know them, there's, unfortunately, there can be some disconnect. You know, it's a, it's a brother or sister in the fire service, but there's still kind of that disconnect that I didn't know them, but I'm praying for their family. And you do that generically, you know, for anybody as far as if you're a decent human being. But when it happens on, on to your department and, and in your particular um, company, then it, it does definitely get different, you know. And um, Ben was a great addition to our, uh, he transferred from another firehouse to our firehouse and um, just fit right in. You know, we, we had a great with a very quirky personality, which um, we all had different quirks. So he, he joined the quirky crew and, uh, and we, we all had a good time and uh, got along with the neighborhood. We were a neighborhood engine house. I can, can consider it. Uh, kids would come in and get their um, homework, um, help with their homework, bikes fixed, hung out, bought sodas, watched TV, you know, because is not our firehouse. It belongs to the citizens. And we were in a pretty, um, depressed neighborhood. And being in the depressed neighborhood, sometimes you don't know. You, you might be the, the um, beacon of hope in that neighborhood. And so we really tried to um, embrace the, the kids that came to the house. We didn't have that attitude of, um, you know, shut the doors. I got to work on my part. And, you know, I drove in from God's country today and, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. Don't call me unless you need something kind of mentality mm-hmm. of it, connect. Mm-hmm. not good. You know, we talk about um, relationships with fellow firefighters and citizens and all that, but um, the citizens are the kids. And, mm-hmm. and some of them um, came in a little wrong. We just had a few mm-hmm. conversations with them say, hey, you want to hang out here? You have to get some little, you know, have to get a little respect in your voice and a little respect in your actions. And once they understood that was the magic um, key 
they hung out, was respectful, had a good time. We played basketball and football with them in the street in front of the 13s and stuff. And, and Ben did the, came right in and did the same thing. Um, and uh, so one thing I like about this show is that we might can, uh, you know, we got different demographics that listen to the show, so we can all learn something. That's why I like listening mm-hmm. to other people's mm-hmm. shows as well. And uh, so I'm not going to try to explain the crit walk. You, know, you can you can look that up for yourself. Mm-hmm. But being knowing <laughs> how the crit walk, if you want to know about crit walk, watch a couple of Snoop Dogg videos, and he'll show you, you know, mm-hmm. where you're going. I would do it for you, but I don't want to. No, that's you know, okay. I'm show you know. But anyway, uh, but uh, but Ben could do it. He was out there showing these neighborhood kids how to do it, and they looking like, man, this white boy don't have to crib walk. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so they were just, I mean, that would be part of the, the relationship. They out there playing ball. We had mm-hmm. the music on, and Ben get to get out there dancing with them and, and stuff mm-hmm. and keeping up with them, and they were like, Amazed mm-hmm. that this guy that they thought has kind of stereotyped that he just wanted mm-hmm. the guys that came in from another neighborhood to work mm-hmm. uh, was actually could relate, you know, and had had a good time. So, um, but that was part of Ben's quirkiness. He was that he was he was a graduated from law school, didn't have to be a firefighter. Graduated from law school, um, uh, was um, ski instructor out in Colorado. Moved back to St. Louis to. Do the family business because his dad Jim Paulson was I knew from um, the job because his dad had retired years earlier. He was a mm-hmm. captain, you know, and came back to do the family business. So it was mm-hmm. extra careful with that. And um, I've had a lot of people had their um, uh, their their children. No one said their children, their their sons and daughters on on my crew. So. I think there's a certain amount of trust to go with that. And of course, uh, it didn't make me feel good that it would make me feel good for anybody, but definitely for somebody who's, you know, dad that I knew. So, you know, mm-hmm. Extra- mm-hmm. so, um, so anyway, uh, we'll be celebrating the uh, two year anniversary of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, in December, uh, we lost 22. We lost Bobby Hawkins. So lost somebody mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year yeah. in January and lost somebody at the end of the year in 22. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing I remember the most to kind of segue a little bit to our guests, and I've, I've expressed my love and respect for Bobby a, a lot in the past year and did at the memorial at um, FDIC last year. So I remember if you're a fan of fire engineering, and um, you follow all of our podcasts, you realize the impact Bobby made on the um, on the industry and being a leader here in fire engineering. Mm-hmm. So I won't get deep, deep into Bobby because you probably don't know Ben, but you definitely know Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but two people who came to support me in this, in this um, time with Ben was uh, one Forest Reader who's on now. And Bobby Hawk, and they both drove from one came from the north and one came from the south. And they, <laughs> and they wow. you know, Bobby come in from Tulsa, and Forrest drove in from Chicago. And, uh, and and I wanted to spend some time with them after, but they did the old man thing on the set. Before it gets dark, we're gonna hit the road because we don't want to be on the 
road after dark. So. Yes. Can't drive at night. Yeah, so they go at the team, you know. I think they were just both trying to get out of the same woods over here. And who wouldn't be? Let me just you, you read the statistics now. <laughs> but seriously. Um, but no, they um but that's why uh, part of the uh, uh, one of the reasons I thought it was a good idea to have Forrest on because an anniversary coming up of past being posted. Um, they didn't have to do it. They didn't have to make the trip. They could have sent their condolences. They could have, you know, and a lot of people, I got a lot of calls. I'm not saying that if all you, if if you called me or sent me condolences or text or call, that, that didn't mean anything. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I'm saying it was special to see some familiar faces in your uh, national, your national uh, relationships at the, at the See them both there in uniform, and uh, I think we had just be the concierge while they were here, and and all this. Uh, but then, who knew? You see Bobby at the funeral, and he's like, "Hey, you know, we'll, we'll see you later on this year." And then, then that happens. So you gotta, you gotta give people their flowers while they're alive, or whatever. And, and I don't think I've said since. I guess I'm getting old and sentimental because I don't know if I've said I love you to men this much since I've been in the world, you know, so, so mm-hmm. you get older and start realizing that, you know, uh, even me and David said before, I, mean, I think until mm-hmm. we got 50, we all ever said it. Like, man, you know. Right, right. what mm-hmm. it is. You know what it is. You're all right. You're all right. Yeah. You're right. you cool with me, player, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> so we are, we now we are, do it more because you don't want to wait till somebody is no longer with us. Uh, mm-hmm. Wish you had said it. So uh, I know uh, me and me and Forrest say it now. And I'm like, man, you know, just um, you know, we grew up in the hood, so just never thought that we'd be telling some white guy I love you, but we we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm just being real. I'm not trying to be divis- divisive or anything like that. Um, what the prior service has really solidified with me is that we all are human. We all are one team. And then when we show up, save somebody or mitigate a situation, we don't qualify them by race, creed, color, religion, anything like that. It's a life that has to be uh, saved or dealt with or made better. And, and that's not, not so much our job. We have to be empathetic enough to do it so we can go the extra mile or make the ultimate sacrifice like so many of our brothers and sisters have done. You can't do that if you got lines drawn in the sand, got racial issues, mm-hmm. religious issues, anything like that. You just can't do it effectively without getting burnt out. And if you fake the funk long enough, you won't get found out. You won't get found out. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you I don't even try these days. It just... Mm-hmm. Tons of just just, just happens, yeah, you know. It's, just, it's, just it's, it's a gift, and I got to use it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, nonetheless, um, so um, from from here forth, December and January may get better, but it won't be forgotten. It's going to be added to. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, but nonetheless, we're here now, and mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate the living. We're going to celebrate knowledge. We're going to celebrate. Um, the show must go on because otherwise mm-hmm. we're doing the um, the fallen or mm-hmm. people who are, you know. So we're going to keep mm-hmm. the show. 
keep the show moving. Um, and with that being said, we're going to keep it moving with our buddy, um, Forrest Reader. Um, Forrest has been a, a, a dear friend for a while now. Um, we met, uh, I think, during the um, International Society of Fire Service Instructors, but it's known as ICFSI. You got to say it real mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mess it all up, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and for us now that I'm in Illinois, they got the Illinois Fire. You know that the same same letter. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Just wow. I just the whole thing, you know, and sound intelligent. It's mm-hmm. It sounded like I got a really bad list or something. You know, mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> what, what organization? I just, <laughs> 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 just stand in front of each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. Right. You know, people, why you trying to say So yeah, I often give money to organizations. Organizations around speech impediments. No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not what it is at all. It's, right, 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 right. So anyway, but but uh, uh, Forrest and I was are in the International Society of Fire Service Instructors and proud members of it, and um, I learned a lot. Of, well, Forrest is on long some long dissertation. I might black out and go get my little my other little buddy that uh, either you're a participant or you in the a little, that, that, yeah, that was one of my favorite uh, um, favorite um, presentations by Forrest Reader. But I got books around here that has the name Forrest Reader on it. Um, there are tons of things you can write and Google Forrest Reader. It's just all over the place. They're one of the rock stars in the fire department. But uh, I'm glad to call him a personal friend. And Forrest, um, it's not just like, hey, man, yeah, I know Forrest. Forrest is one People just call you out the blue and say, hey, buddy, how you doing? Thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And not just in times of crisis, you know, um, just what's up? I'm being area. I'll come out because he has a very nice uh, mobile home that he travels the world in. I think it's amphibious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> came up on, on the shores of Japan. When I had to get there, this thing's underwater, Larry. It's, it's one of a kind. That's right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think they call it Red October. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, but no, but definitely uh, uh, living living the good life is semi-retired, uh, retired from the official pace of putting on the uniform, but definitely uh, out still um, spreading the good the, the good news about what we do in the fire service and and as timeless messages um, that help um, make us all better. And matter of fact, one of the taglines, I got his tagline on my um, on my signature page at work, you know, when I send a signature, you know, like I'm a fisherman, I got the signature now. So uh, I, got, I got a quote from Forrest Reader on this wheel. So um, so it's good to have, it's, 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 a, it's a cool dynamic to have um, somebody that you look up to, somebody to admire, somebody that you read your material and their mm-hmm. friends. A lot of times, I got I got a few friends, but they ain't really wrote nothing. You know, they, mm-hmm. you know, or they ain't really done anything. They just mm-hmm. we just know each other because we we boys like that, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, and they do us all kind of typos, and you know, you just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so what, what is this stuff? You know, maybe right. we should look up and. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's been it's been a great uh, great relationship, mm-hmm. and then um, and and. Um, so I was just telling him not too long ago, I'm just fresh back from 
New York City. I went there for a bucket list of going to um, uh, go watch the ball drop. And man, that's that's madness. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> the uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I thought uh, Times Square, David. I you thought know, it was some kind uh, of urology appointment. Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is getting older. He's over fifty. Just never know. The time I got the planes, a couple of guys with some with some plastic gloves on said, "Welcome to New York." And why are y'all counting down? Right. What's all Hey, what right. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time you don't get that count. Right, 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 exactly. And then uh, David, and then there were and then there were fireworks. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then somebody kissed me. Wow. <laughs> and I ain't even gotten to the to the to Times Square yet. Yeah. It's the best hernia test I've ever had. I know, that's right. Okay. It was crazy. <laughs> Man, Man, the doctor's office in St. Louis all these yeah, years they, wasting they, my time. They they count down as fireworks and they kiss you. I said, "Man, I, I know this is what they do at the ball drop. I would have been here a long time ago." What you saying? Since then, I've been telling white men that I love them. Wait, 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 wait. wait no, no, that was since then. I'm telling them, "Hey, check, get your help, check your help. You know, do what you gotta do, you know." But uh... okay, so. You want you're introducing for us, right? So anyway, there was champagne involved. Right, right. And there was yeah, there was champagne too. How'd you know? You have you done this before? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, for for us, I bet you never had this much fun on the podcast, have you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Everybody's well, really serious, yeah. talking about serious stuff, you know. But, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, while well, I was in New York City, <laughs> had a great time. Rode the subway the first time on the subway. That was that was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just like in the movies, you know, and mm-hmm. Times Square, just like in the movies, and it was just yeah. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And of course, I couldn't go out there with visiting a few firefighters. Of course, I got to see the world famous New York Fire Department. And uh, man, they yeah. it's a special kind of firefighting you gotta do up there, just for real. Yeah. They don't disappoint, do they? No, yeah. they don't. Um, got to hang out at Rescue One with our good friend John Cirillo, uh, Aaron Morton, who has taught at uh, FDIC before, just retired from Rescue Four. So we nice. had dinner at Rescue Four. Uh, just like being back in St. Louis, I, the smell. Yeah. The uh, uh, work, you know, from the fire fires they had been on, and a great dinner, great fellowship, great conversation. Um, Jack Murphy hooked me up with the uh, going down to the um, the museum the, for nine eleven down there at Ground Zero. The museum, something. I, first, I was telling everybody, you know, all firefighters should go, but I changed it. All Americans should go. That's oh, wow. and just walking through the whole thing. Wow. They did a great job. In, in recounting what happened mm-hmm. that fateful day, wow. September, mm-hmm. and that um, yeah, it is, and just and and the museum is at ground zero. Like you see the pools, and you walk in under where the towers once stood. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's just a crazy, uh, crazy uh, way they put it all together. But nonetheless, it does take you back. And one thing that really pronounced to me walking through the museum was this. 
that was the one time I could remember in my lifetime that America seemed one. Mm-hmm. It was a quiet few days where everybody seemed one. It was mm-hmm. us against them. Yeah. And then somewhere it, it got more comfortable and we got more and we turned back into the divided states of America. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not going to get on the soapbox about that because um, mm-hmm. this is only an hour show. But, <laughs> but, but I could just remember walking through all those memories, the feeling I had of we yeah. felt like it was one. Football teams, baseball teams, people crossing racial, religious lines, hugging each other and, and helping mm-hmm. each other out. Firefighters were rock stars back then because, you know, and, and we shouldn't have been because we definitely didn't lose what New York lost with 343 firefighters. And, mm-hmm. and just to see, they got everybody who perished on the wall and got their their stories. Mm. This person wow. just moved to New York. This person was working part-time. This person mm-hmm. was a long-term, but this person was pregnant. This person was about to get married two days later and all this. So mm-hmm. it just made it more personable going through through the museum. So mm-hmm. I appreciate Jack Murphy um, 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 making it happen for uh, for us to go. Then I can't, I can't um, <clears throat> say enough about my good friend Frank Lee. Um, um, Forrest, you know the Frank Lee guy. You know he's, he's kind of a, oh yeah, yeah, it's kind of a big deal up there, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah, and Frank, uh, Frank said, if I come down to get you, you know, to get the New York Times, if I come down to get you in Manhattan, it's going to take about an hour. It's going to take away from the tour. So uh, if you can come out here, I said, okay, I'll, I'll jump on the subway and go out and get on the wrong subway. And I was like, Frank, uh, it feels like I'm going the wrong way. He said, what's your next stop? I told him, he's he going the wrong way. So I had to jump all the way one of the movies, you know, like I just missed the door, you know. And I uh, went back up the right way, met him up in Harlem, um, went to Harlem for, for lunch on New Year's Eve. Man, that was, that was, I was, I was telling Robin, my girlfriend I was with, we went to Harlem and, uh, man, like, we're like Nike store, Victoria's Secret or, or, or Mumble Dream Boulevard, and Malcolm X Boulevard. St. Louis, y'all need to still be our game because uh, you don't see that. <laughs> you know, but that's another that's another commentary. But it was fun just to experience that. But Frank Lee took me out to um, Randall's Island to the to where the fire department trains their firefighters. Mm. Man, I, I, I'm not impressed by a lot of stuff, but I was thoroughly impressed. There's a whole city out there. You've been out there before, Forrest? Uh, sure. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, but it might never do for a visit. It probably done prove more. I just wanted to get a, like, can y'all get a room out here I can move into? Because I just want to see this every day. I mean, mean, it's not like training towers. We we putting together these little training towers made from old freight carts and stuff like that. They got real buildings out there. Yeah, real, (laughs) real buildings. Mm -hmm. A real subway simulator that makes you feel like you're in the subway for real. I mean, they got an airplane that they had donated. They had chopped up and made so they could practice in the airplane, a ship simulator. So they'll know how to fight ship, fight fires and mitigate emergencies from ships. I mean, it's, wow. I, 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 it's too much to explain. I'm going to do a whole show and I'm going to get Frank Lieb on there 
Because I'm sure, sure everybody right. who's up there, they're not impressed with it because they see it all the time. But when you come, and, and far as you know about the Illinois, um, and the one in Illinois is pretty impressive I, since I've been uh, <clears throat> doing my job in Illinois. Now, I've been there a few times up at the university, but and I was impressed, but you know, <laughs> the, yeah, no, yeah, there's nothing that compares. Yeah, that's it's yeah. crazy. So if you're not if you're not a good firefighter coming out of that academy, you just don't want to be because mm-hmm. it, it teaches you every possible thing to handle all the unique nuances of the New York Fire Department. They're going through a, even a new way of doing things now with these um, uh, electric vehicles and stuff, and people storing them up. 25th floor and they catch fire and you got to go up there and mitigate that and they won't go out because it's an electric vehicle with lithium ion batteries and cell runaways of cells and all this so it's crazy but Frank took me on a great tour there I'm going to go back and see it all one day even better have more time because I was on a kind of a time crunch but I didn't want to just go to New York not see them and definitely not shout them out on the show about the uh about the experience and and it's some, we know some more people up there too so next time i go i'll see more people and be able to do more things um <clears throat> but today it ain't about new york it ain't about all this other stuff it's Ooh, about Forrest reader you know and uh <laughs> well, look Forrest is family so we, we having a family conversation if it was if Forrest was a brand new brand new person i'll say um, very kindly, and here's our guest. Let's get started, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, Forrest, is, Forrest is family, so we want to uh, want to uh, get into what's been going on with Forrest. I know, I think since the last time we talked to you, retired, and uh, mm-hmm. you're on the road and, and enjoying yourself, um, but you're still teaching, and uh, and that's really that just goes to show it's really in your blood. A lot of times, people say, "I'm done with it all. I'm, I'm done." Mm-hmm. But so uh, tell me, because I might that might be the life I'm looking at. You know, I'm being mm-hmm. done with the masters at the end of the year. I have some credibility, mm-hmm. and uh, when I go teach, but um, yep. just, but yep. how does that? Uh, huh? I just was asking for help. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we um, I just want to know, you know, just starting off for us. How does that feel to you wake up when you want to and. and and you, you you go to a warm place when it's cold, and then when it's warm again, you come back, and then you just fly into different places and spread the knowledge. And then sometimes they need an intern. I didn't know the interim chief was a thing until you told me about that. You know, um, they don't need the chief; they just need an interim chief until they get a, a permanent chief. And you just go in wow. and get paid for being an interim chief. You know, I'm just gonna hold it down until somebody gets here, and then. Mm. Back there is on the playing volleyball. I mean, that's that's a great life, man. I'm telling you. So tell, it is. It is. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell me. Tell me about this. I need. I need to hear that. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm luckier every day, Ler. That, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I tell myself. You know, I just, uh, you know, I, I miss, uh, you know, I miss putting on the uniform every day greatly. You know, I, uh, you know, certainly got those moments that, uh, you know, probably like all of us or whatever. Uh, you know, the politics side you don't miss, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just the opportunity to, you know, to be with like-minded people doing, you know, good job for people. And, you know, especially in, you know, the training side of things and, you know, just watching service delivery successes and things like that, opportunities to, to get better in that, to, 
you miss that a lot. Sure. You know, um, you know, the contacts have uh, still been great. I still talk to, uh, you know, all the you know good folks back in Illinois that uh, you know I worked my whole career with, and mm -hmm. you know, this would have been what I think forty six years. I think uh, you know service or whatever. If I would have you know hung in you know, full time somewhere around here, uh, you know, again, it's all I've ever known since high school. Yeah. Yeah, you know, did a few little things here and there around it, but uh, you know, when it becomes that, you know, much of your life, it it's really difficult. And you know, I've got a couple of friends who are, you know, similar to you, Larry. They're you know they're kind of approaching that you know clock on the wall is uh, you know starting to run out of minutes there, and you know figuring out how they're going to identify with uh, you know themselves or the business outside of all this madness. And you know, I'm, I'm worried about it a lot too, but. Uh, you know, quickly I realized, uh, you know, you're put where you're supposed to be put. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I believe that completely. And, you know, I think where I need to be now is, uh, you know, doing this, enjoying time with the grandbabies and stuff like that nice. and the kids. And, mm -hmm. you know, although I'm on the road, you know, quite a bit, there's, mm -hmm. you know, talk to them every day on the phone or on the Zoom or on the FaceTime or whatever and things like that. But, uh, you know, I spent a whole career not going on vacation because I was always worried I was going to miss something. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and stuff like that. I didn't get to see the right. places that I get to see now. And mm. uh, and now, you know, the work that I do now, I get to, you know, I get to choose, uh, you know, the stuff that I want to do. I get to engage and work with the people that, you know, uh, you know again, I want to work with. And mm. uh, again, you know, the opportunities continue to be great. I've got some you know, really cool projects I'm, I'm working on and involved with right now. And, uh, you know, all of that. And, you know, I kind of, I was joking this morning, you know, the, the senior softball league out here in Arizona is kind of a, you know, a tough little world to be in yeah. out here. And I you know, had a doubleheader scheduled for today and we got rained out of the second game. But, you know, guys were, you know, jumping the trucks to head back over here and, you know, hey, you know, coming over for a beer and a little barbecue. And I said, no, I got to, you know, I got to work on a radio show with my buddies later this afternoon and mm -hmm. get a couple things squared away. And, we thought you retired. And I said, well, yeah, you know, just like you said, you know, I, I'm, I'm the non-uniform retired, yeah. but, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I still think, still think I got a little bit of gas in the tank and a few mm -hmm. things to offer. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as the phone is ringing, Larry, and you know, that, you know, folks are looking for, uh, you know, some help. And, mm. you know, I, you know, it, early days of me being a training officer and instructor, I, I struggle. I, you know, there, there, there were good people out there, but, you know, we didn't have curriculums. We, we just had opinions, you know, Hey, I think this worked, right. I think, you know, I, I think this is the best way to do it. And, you know, we, we shot from the hip a lot and, you know, we really made up a lot of stuff on the fly. Whereas now, you know, I've, I've got somewhere in my, you know, son's basement, uh, back in beautiful downtown Lamont, Illinois, uh, there's like four big bins of, you know, all of my, drills and lesson plans and quick drills and policies and, you know, training, you know, plans for, you know, things that we did over the years. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do now is just, you know, kind of pass that stuff along and, you know, keep it in the mainstream. And, you know, some of it might get a little dated, but still, you know, you know, down in the SCBA, you know, you still got to be solid, you know, like, like I, you know, you and I went on a little rant, you know, I think in the fall, right. Or, you know, the early, early part of the summer last year in the early fall talking about, uh, you know, the big three, you know, hose ladders and SDBA, you know, you, you, you gotta be, you gotta master those big three things because outside of those, you know, they're, you know, you, you can't do the other stuff. And, you know, so you know, look, looking back on those boxes of stuff and, you know, it still keeps me fresh. And I like to think about, well, you know, how, 
I, I wrote this 25 years ago. How how would I write and how would I present this today? Right. And, and that's completely different. Yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I really have to, I'm, I'm relearning myself, you know, and, you know, here I am buying, you know, new microphones here for, you know, talking on, on meetings and stuff like this with you guys and trying to figure out how to package up things probably smaller, I, I think, is, is the thing that I'm focusing on now is trying to to make the learning units smaller and more concise to a specific objective or a specific outcome in that. And instead of some big grandiose, you know, here's an hour and a half of PowerPoint and let's go and do a bunch of, you know, and, and, you know here's how we're going to, you know, and just, just trying to tighten that up a little bit to, you know, take attention to, uh, you know, the different learning styles. You know, I'll, I'll be writing the fourth edition of my instructor book, you know, coming up here later this year wow. and in the next year. And, uh, you know, probably most of what we wrote in the third edition and definitely all of what we wrote in the first edition is no change. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the learning styles are different. The delivery is different. The retention is certainly different. Um, there, there's, well, you you know, uh, Chief Joe Knitter, uh, I know he just came and did some work, you know, down in, uh, in in your town there with you guys. And, you know, him and I go back and forth on some stuff. And he just he just put out a really interesting kind of a, a theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, we've got to test it with some, you know, some beers and bourbon and stuff like that mm-hmm. and figure out if it's really going to hold true. Mm-hmm. But, he said in, in his experience where he's kind of working in a state, you know, training, you know, type of a system where they're looking at, you know, different types of academies and he's out validating uh, final practicals. And he said that much to his surprise, um, the students who are doing an all electronic textbook are having a significantly higher failure rate in their mm-hmm. firefighter one and two and oh, math wow. certifications than those that have got the textbook. Wow. So, Joe being the smart guy is he's like, hmm, you know, so so is there something to it that if if I give my student a, an electronic textbook uh, for the computer, for their iPad or their phone, are they truly engaged in the learning and the reading or are there, you know, along the bottom of the screen here, do we have five different apps, you know, running at the same time and, and different pop-ups you know, going back and forth? And I said, gosh, darn it, Joe, I, you, you, knew, you might be on something there that if if the data continues to kind of spill out that way, you know, so, you know, hence again, you know, I, I go back to reinventing you know, how we're delivering our material and, and that maybe we have to balance that a little bit and maybe lean a little bit more on the heavy, mm-hmm. you know, tradition, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're the Steve Kerber, you know, the good old Dr. Steve, you know, talking about legacy fuels and modern fuels and things like that, that, you know, may, may, maybe, you know, to, you know, together we, we should write a legacy instruction class hmm. and, and figure out how to get, you know, legacy instructor skills. Legacy that stick. Box and modern box. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, you know, to, to bring some of those things together. And, and again, I, you know, I, I'm not completely throwing that bathwater out and saying that mm-hmm. that delivery is bad, mm-hmm. but obviously we have to complement it with more engagement activities while the student is going through those things, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not smart enough to figure out what those are yet, but, uh, you know, we, we got to, you know, together start to explore that and figure out that if we're delivering an electronic textbook product or, or material all through this type of a medium, mm. you know, how do we make sure our students are engaged and, and they can actually perform the skill that they're learning or, you know, uh, you know, doing in that. So, so a long way around. That's, uh, 
that that's been kind of the life after uh, you know after the uh, you know the regular job where I'm in, mm. you know, just trying to you know find uh, you know find the work that needs to be done. The uh, the interim chief experience was just amazing. Wow. That mm. was just a mm. uh, you know pro- probably a career highlight. You know, yeah. that, that would definitely be in the top five of, of everything I've done. Uh, mm. I think in, in great part because of the community I was in. I, I was fortunate to work in the, the city of Marion, Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, in suburban Des Moines. And that was just an amazing uh, experience there uh, for about 90 days. Uh, they were in the process of recruiting and, and hiring their chief. And um, their deputy did an amazing job of, of being the interim chief. But Iowa has kind of one of those unusual employment laws that you can only appoint someone for 90 days at a time to an interim position. Mm. And they hadn't finished up the recruiting and the assessment process mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, the uh, company, the temp agency I, I, I work with a little bit there sent me out there and, mm. you know, I got to dig in and I got to see how they're doing business. I got to give them some ideas on maybe, you know, you know my successes or maybe even more of mm. my failures and, and things that they could try to, to put to work and, it, it was a, a tremendous experience, and I, I consider now I've got some lifelong friends there that, uh, you know, from the city manager to the mayor to the entire command staff of some great people, and mm. it was just a, a really good experience. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. It, it, you don't know you don't know until you do it sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, I, like, I like what you were saying about the uh, learn. I talked to Joe Netter. We had him on the show a couple of shows ago, and then – Mm-hmm. Um, we talk um, a lot of times. He'll, he's another person just reach out like, you know, I was thinking about you, how you doing? And, you know, I make time to talk and we get on the phone and we're on the phone. But Joe likes to talk and tell stories. So uh, and I learned, I always learn something when I'm done um, talking to him. Um, um, and, and, and we had some great conversations about, once again, the basics, because he's good, big on the basics, too. And mm-hmm. it's funny how... Um, uh, and that's how I've always been. I was at the company officer. I didn't want to. There were enough people who knew how to do, who were very good at specialized stuff. They were, and, mm. and since I never took a lot of interest in a lot of specialized stuff, um, <clears throat> because the bread and butter was what I was um, always trying to continue to be better at. And that's, mm. that was the level that I've always um, tried to um, train my train my guys. Um <clears throat> It's funny. The funny thing about you saying about the learning style is I personally, I thought it was a me thing and life had passed me by. And I'm so glad. I almost want to tell you, um, what can I do to even help with that project? Because right now, being back in school and doing a master's degree, they'll have something on the computer to say something like, uh, well, you don't have to buy this book. You can just read the ebook, or you can just read this online. Mm-hmm. And I can't effectively do that. I mean, it's, it's too, if I'm trying to read on my phone, the iPad, the computer, and then it'd be okay if they said, well, just read this page. But let's say read page 235 through 347 on a computer. I can't, I'm not going to do well doing that, doing that. Mm-hmm. So for me, but I thought it was me, you know, and so I would just go take the extra mile and buy the book. That way I can highlight it, underline, dog ear, you yeah. know, yeah. in the margin, do whatever, because that worked. And for convenience, like say, for instance, I'm, I don't know, I'm a passenger or doing something, and I feel like I can catch up. If I didn't 
want to load the book around. Now I can kind of maybe look at something electronically at my leisure. But that was that was the convenience, not the foundation. Mm-hmm. Foundation is me reading the book. You know, and if I'm reading the book, but I just thought, well, that's just me. Um, I need to catch up or whatever like that. But I didn't realize that it has some scientific value to it. The book itself or the book experience or the book doesn't have pop-ups and ads and, and an email just came, you know, came into the mix. You have to go to another source to get that. But while you're here, you're here. And that says a lot. I'm I'm working on a project now to where, you know, I'm going through the book and the book is the book, you know, the illustration, the, the book, the glossary, whatever. And I just got through ordering books for my next semester. I got $500 worth of books being shipped here, you know, as we speak. Wow. And I'm going to have to read through those books. One class has three books attached to it, you know. Um, so... I think you I think you're really on to something there with it can't be like uh, we don't do that no more old man we don't do books no more mm-hmm. we do our electronic but you can't mm-hmm. count the electronic because um, that's a wonderful addition to the learning cycle but maybe you gotta have a great hybrid and don't you know crap on one or the other yeah. but use them wisely for the complete learning experience. Yeah, no, there, there's some people that are going to be tremendously successful using an electronic medium, but, you know, their, their discipline, you know, to their study habit is, is different perhaps than, than, than mine. You know, I, like you guys, I'm, I'm a tactile, you know, kind of thing there. And if I don't have the page in front of me to highlight and then over here, you know, I'm, I'm writing down notes on what I highlighted. So you've got, you know, and I like what you said there, you know, you, you, you walk around the classroom and you look at, you know, how, you know, this, some guys. This is a project I'm currently working on right now. If you ain't lick your thumb at least a few times in your study, you ain't doing it right. You got. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You can't. If you do yep. that with your computer screen, it might be kind of nasty. So you got to. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, and I, I think there, there's, you know, a great, you know, a, you know, a great story to all that, you know, in, in all of us that you look around the classroom and, the, and I, I can tell you, you know, some of the fire officer classes that we had in Illinois, and I, you know, I'm still director for the Illinois Fire Chiefs Foundation and, you know, doing the fire officer programs. And, you know, when we were doing, you know, the older style 40 hour, you know, classes that there were guys who would literally, you know, make it a challenge or kind of a half-assed joke that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to go through this whole class and I'm not even going to take the, tear the shrink wrap off, off, off my book and I'm going to give the book back mm-hmm. at the end of the class. Yeah. And, you know, as, as frustrating as it is, it, it, it's, it's a reality with, you know, some, some folks out there. But, you know, if, if, if this is where society has taken us, and I believe it is, you know, to, you know, merge away from print to more electronic, then we have to figure out, you know, what complements that in the form of, uh, you know, the, you know, a couple of the, you know, platforms that, you know, we're, we're familiar with now have embedded test questions that, you know, you turn the page, take a quiz question, you can't move on, you know, until you answer the quiz question or, uh, you know, chats that, you know, run synchronously to, you know, to, to, you know, reading the book and stuff like that, that you have to put notes on. And, you know, there's, there's probably, uh, you know, folks out there working on, you know, masters and PhDs on, on this type of stuff right now. So, 
it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where, uh, you know, where, where the delivery and uh, the development side interests me too, as well. You sure. know, obviously. Yeah. So mm. Mm. that might be something that um, you turn into a FDIC class or something like that one day, you know, mm-hmm. as training officers or as people just trying to um, teach this, you know, generational, you know, something you said earlier about stuff you wrote 20 years ago. And the reason that's appealing to me is because David and I are really big on principles. That's what we teach and glue and everything spins from that foundation. And it's based on principles. So that means that we can be teaching this stuff well into the future. It's mm-hmm. still going to be relevant because principles don't change. The principle of the sun coming up in the morning is, is going to happen whether you want to or not. And even when the clouds are out, the sun is still up. So that's just a mm-hmm. principle gravity and you know just all kind of things you can put under that principal umbrella however um no matter how advanced we get how much electronics definitely stuff you wrote when you wrote it 25 years ago didn't necessarily have in mind some of the luxuries or conveniences that we enjoy now Mm. but they still apply today just as is it's important probably even more important than in the past mm-hmm. and sometimes what we do is when we move along in this whole um, advanced technology whatever you want to call it we tend to think well all of that stuff is back there we all don't have to worry about that because we don't do that anymore only mm-hmm. in firefighting you do you, you carry that along with you no matter what how it, how convenient because how, you can't really put fires out with an app I mean if you mm-hmm. can that's scary um, I want to be around when they start doing that. You know, don't like have a right. a yeah, that. you still got to drag the holes. Mm-hmm. You have to still apply water. You still got to be smart about the science of what you're doing. But mm-hmm. the principle of like you and I talked earlier last year about the big three and about things that are foundationally needs to be revisited, addressed, mastered over and over and over again before mm-hmm. we get fancy. Um, that's why you're going to stay relevant going forward. And mm-hmm. then you also are smart enough to know that how do I appeal to these different generational, um, um, you know, categories that are working in the fire service today. Mm-hmm. And, and so find the, the smart person finds that balance between the principles we can't get away from mm-hmm. and put it in a way that's understood by all generations and then how that understanding and balance of we still need to master continue to master this basic mm-hmm. stuff but also need to incorporate what's going to work for the modern day convenience because the modern day convenience you can't deny it i mean today who has a, a regular bell phone in their house mm-hmm. you know you tell the average person now the average kid was you know what about the bell phone what's that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we do a rotary thing. Unless you have one of them fancy long kitchen farm with the long cord, you had to sit at the table <laughs> right. and talk, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you had the phone book and all that. So who delivers phone books anymore? I mean, it's just non phone book was bigger than a couple of serious catalogs, you know. So so definitely we have evolved in some convenience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm just saying. So, so it does have its 
you know, uh, is is modern conveniences. But we, like you said, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and we have to stick mm-hmm. to the principles of what we teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. The um, one one of the things I want to um, talk about too is that um, I saw. Of course, I'm getting stuff now. Um, everything Illinois across my desk because that's where I work now across the river in Illinois in forest territory and that's why he's such a valuable resource because you know I could, I could call I could call Frank Lee and Frank Lee is going to be, I can call Joe Netta and they're going to give me some great stuff in general what to do as far as training and training officer stuff and all that um, but the the secret weapon with forest is that he worked in the system and pretty much developed a lot of the systems that that or I'm not nature uh, statewide in Illinois right now. So now I feel like you know, like all fours, I'm getting I'm getting a concentrated version of it, and, and so I feel blessed in that regard. And he's always gracious and willing enough to share, and I appreciate that. Um, but I mean, I got the uh, Illinois Fire School because we got Missouri Winter Fire School. Um, which Dave and I be in a few weeks up in uh, in Columbia, Missouri, and then you got the Illinois Fire School. And one day when I grow up, I'll, I'll teach there one day too. And uh, so, um, but I noticed Forrest had a, a class. I don't know if it's new or is you know uh, new to Illinois or yeah, brand new first uh, first pilot. Okay, well tell us tell us about that then. You you heard it here for, first, folks. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, actually, that 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 that's been really one of the, you know, kind of the other joys in you know the retirement. Uh, you know, the good folks at the Illinois Fire Service Institute, the you know, Illinois State Fire Academy, uh, brought me on board. Uh, you know, always been there forever. You know, doing stuff, but uh, you know, officially, you know, working in the system now to uh, uh, work on a project called the Firefighter Teamwork Initiative and. Mm-hmm. The crux of that is it is a uh, originally was an adapted grant from uh, the assistance to firefighter grants going back a couple of years ago now, uh, actually during the COVID era and, uh, you know, had kind of a hard time, you know, getting traction because of some of the COVID stuff and that. But uh, what it's evolved into is we are in the process of adapting uh, crew resource management or CRM uh, to the fire service. And CRM, uh, again, you know, ton of research, ton of science. Um, it's uh, widely used in aviation. Uh, you know, the space program has got uh, a lot of touches in it. The medical uh, uh, field is also embracing it now. And, uh, you know, without, you know, going too deep in, in, into it here, uh, you know, just, just for introductory purposes, uh, what really, you know, the important thing to take out of CRM and our teamwork initiative is we're teaching uh, people how to be better leaders and be better followers with, within that. And what, what I mean by that is that uh, if a company of three firefighters, say it's me, David, and Larry, working at a fire ground together, uh, I'm the captain or the lieutenant or whatever, uh, David, you're the senior firefighter, and Larry is our rookie firefighter. Mm-hmm. When it comes to you know maybe doing a size up or observing conditions on the fire ground, traditionally, you know, all that really mattered is what I had to see and say. 
I really didn't look for a lot of input. I really didn't care what Dave, you know, what, what Larry especially had to say because he just right. He's a rookie. You know, and David, I, you know, would lean on you a little bit as we went along there. But mm-hmm. what we're learning here is the, the value of the teamwork initiative mm-hmm. is that through a science or a principle called the divergence of opinion, mm-hmm. uh, where we take and make better decisions based on all available information. And, you know, kind of the little note I wrote to myself here to make sure we mention what it is, is that it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the building and uh, I, I see a, a, a box, um, you know, a, a, you know, a type two constructed building of a strip mall or something like that. And, I'm observing it for the things I have to in, in you know, setting up my incident action plan. Well, lo and behold, you know, obviously, you know, in, in my size up, I'm, I'm looking at certain things through my experience and my training and stuff like that. Whereas Larry then just came out of the fire academy and as part of the fire academy, he learned all of the uh, underwriters laboratory, you know, the new, you know, the new material coming out of there about, you know, building collapse and fire dynamics and things like that. And, and if, if I haven't built a culture in my company where, I feel it important enough to hear what Larry sees or, you know, feels about that operation, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're going to continue to do the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. And uh, through this, I kind of discovered something interesting that uh, as, as it was adapted by uh, aviation, um, um, you know, maybe the short term for CRM is cockpit management. Uh, And I'll, I'll tell you the story about the, you know, the cockpit, which is the cab of the fire engine here in a second, but, um, I, I know, uh, I know all you guys, uh, uh, you know, Mama too. I know you guys, uh, you know, get on the plane and you guys fly all over the place. Uh, you get on a Southwest jet and you head out to the different places you have to go or whatever you're going to be. And for a majority of the commercial airlines, the first time that the pilot and the co-pilot meet each other is when they get on the plane. Wow. And daily, with a 99.9% success rate, they they do a you know an amazing job of getting us from. St. Louis to Phoenix. Mm. And, you know, uh, again, just, just by meeting each other for the very first time when they're walking on the plane and, you know, obviously through time and, you know, you know more experience and things, you, you know, they may run across each other, but, they, you know, they're, Larry and David aren't assigned as partners to fly the plane on that mm. same flight, mm. and that same route. And it's everybody is in different, you know, patterns and routes. And, you know, some of the, the, the reason for that is because, you know, with, with comfort, and familiarity breeds some of the, you know, the failures that they, they've done. So mm-hmm. in their air reduction programs that, that focus on uh, human resource, I'm sorry, uh, kind of on the human performance side of things, uh, you know, the cockpit is a sterile place. You know, when it comes to when they step in the cockpit and get ready to fly the plane, they only talk about, you know, the, the flight plan and, and what's going on with the plane, what's going on with the weather and, you know, the, the systems that they have to monitor from to and from. And, you know, I, I, you know, and, you know, me being the, you know, kind of the nerd that I am with that, I, I fact check that. You know, I, I go to an airport and if I see the pilot and the co-pilot standing there waiting to get on the plane, I'll, I'll go up and I'll get on them and I'll say, hey, let's talk CRM for a minute here. You know, what, what can you tell me? And, and, you know, most of them are, you know, maybe, you know, military trained or whatever in their backgrounds to a degree, but, you know, they, they, they speak with a very high level of confidence in, in why they're so successful in doing what they're doing. And, uh, you know the, the the reason that they say is that you know it, it you know, yes there's a chain of command but 
we're both equally trained. It's just on this flight that I'm wearing four stripes and you're wearing three stripes. Mm. But their training is exactly the same all the way up through those positions so that I can check him, he can check me. Uh, again, if I see him you know, going in a direction that I don't think is right, I'm empowered and required to say something. Mm. You know, so it's, it, it's, it's a see something, say something type of a principle. Mm. And it, it's, it's not meant to be, uh, you know, anything in, in the form of, you know, questioning your supervisor, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, our, our, when we debut the program at Winter Fire School coming up in a couple of weeks here, uh, that, that actually is one of the discussion slides is what, what is the difference between questioning and asking questions? Mm-hmm. So think about that. You know, so if, if someone is questioning you mm-hmm. versus asking questions of you, mm-hmm. you know, those are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to introduce with the teamwork initiative is that you're not being questioned, meaning challenged, mm-hmm. right. as you are having someone ask questions like, hey, Cap, you know, do you see that smoke pushing out of the eaves on the AB, AB counter there, uh, AB corner of the building? You think we've got, uh, think we've got an attic fire? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you think we've got you know, some pressure building up inside mm-hmm. there? Or, you know, hey, Cap, you know, do, you, do you think this is a basement fire and maybe we should try and attack it from it, you know, its level on the other side there? What do you think? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that's a form of questioning in the crew resource management world that, that that's called an assertive type of a statement where, you know, you, you, you run through five steps. And that, that's what we do with the course is that, you know, you call attention, you know, hey, Captain, you state your concern. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think we have a basement fire. Third step is that you present an alternative. Do you think we should you know, try to you know, make access at grade level versus going in the front door? Hmm. And then we kind of flip it. And now that I've brought that information forward, now I say, well, what do you think, Cap? Am I right with that? Mm-hmm. And then the fifth step is the consensus and, and, and the action there. It, it, it's me just providing information and, and what I observe, mm-hmm. but it's still up to that captain and that company officer, that chief officer, to, to still make that decision. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's kind of the key to it is that we're not, you know, empowering, you know, the youth and the academy student of today to go back and start questioning and, you know, getting under supervisors. Right. You know, we're trying to across all ranks now as we start to introduce and interject this curriculum in a lot of the different programs that, that we're running out of the uh, IFSI to make sure that everybody knows their role in, in each of those communication models. And, you know, then it just, you know, revolves on a, uh, a shared mental model and pilots and co-pilots, they, they have a shared mental model of what that successful flight needs to look like. Mm-hmm. So as a fire service, we need to have a shared mental model so that we're all looking at the building mm-hmm. for the same type of thing. And we, we have something called the FIT step or FTI step, mm-hmm. which is the status, the team, you know, the, the environment and, and, and the, you know, the progress or, or the problem. Uh, that we kind of walk through so that everybody is looking at the building the same way that if I don't see something, and you do, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have the, you know, the ability to, you know, to, you know, to say something to me. It's kind of like a, you know, the courage to be safe. It's definitely as flavors of the courage to be safe program and those types of things. But uh, obviously it all goes back to the kitchen table and, yeah. and how that company officer sets that tone. And I expect you to not questioning question me per se, but to ask questions about what I'm seeing and what we're doing to make sure that we're all, in that shared mental model and, you know, able to react, especially when it's something that we're not, you know, a new firefighter coming out of the academy hasn't seen a ton of structure fires. They've seen pallets and straw in the tower and stuff like that. 
you know, we need to have type of a type of a system that, you know, as that firefighter goes into that, you know, I'm going to be able to speak to them with clarity and expectation for what, what they have to do and, and what their expectations are. Mm-hmm. But they also have to have the understanding that I expect them. Well, Cap, do you, do you mean we're going to go to the second floor and do this? You know, you know so to have that type of ability within that team, and, and that's why we've called it the teamwork initiative and that's CRM. Is because we've tried to make it not be the aviation model. This this is it sounds like a firefighter, it walks like a firefighter, mm-hmm. it looks like a firefighter as we use it and everything that we go through. Mm-hmm. And you know, there, there's many things that we you know we we do, you know, we, we do the parroting, you know, concept where you get an order and you repeat it back like the parrot does. So, you know, that that's a big part of CRM. Well, we're, we're already pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you know, there, there's a whole bunch of, you know, those, those that go down those lines. So, you know, some of it isn't brand new stuff, but the new stuff is, is just, again, you know, it's not about, you know, who's right. It's about what's right so that the boss can make the best decisions for the safety of the crew, as well as the people who are, you know, again, need our help and our ability to deliver that service. So, uh, so January 20 and 21, we're running three of those classes. Uh, it's a four-hour uh, program right now that will roll out at Winter Fire School. And uh, I have big hopes that it will continue, you know, well after that on demand out of the Institute. Um, we've embedded the concepts uh, of FTI into our leadership uh, development and decision-making class, our LDDM class, which is an amazing program uh, at the Institute. Our company fire officer program uh, has elements of it in there now. And eventually later this year, uh, we're going to explore how to integrate it in the fire academy so that you know, the students know how to properly, mm-hmm. not in a questioning type of a tone, but how they advocate you know, for, you know, for their viewpoint of a situation with their bosses and stuff like that. So uh, uh, again, I, I, I really think it's got some traction learning. I, I really think it's going to, uh, I hope it to be the next big thing yeah. in, in what we're doing in the Illinois Fire Service Institute. So I got two questions, Chief. Um, so the first one, I'm going to go backwards. Um, mm-hmm. So the first one is, I, I think all of this is fantastic and, you know, it's exciting for me. But uh, so the first one, where you're talking about the ability to uh, ask questions without uh, questioning, what, uh, I don't know, type of training or how are you doing it to get that type of um, building of that relationship at the uh, the dinner table, do you know what I mean? Or to get that kind of confidence within the leader so that because some of it is the presentation of the question, but some of it is the recipient, uh, the person who's receiving the question, their interpretation of whether they are being questioned or a question is just being answered, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, if people are dealing with sort of an older authority model, mm-hmm. any sort of thing with a question mark after I give a directive is a problem. And so mm-hmm. what's being done to facilitate a sort of new thinking within this training that would make the reception of that question as uh, new and effective as, you know, teaching people how to ask the question. That's the first question I have. And then I have another one after that. Gotcha. No, I, uh, and that, that's an excellent question too, David. I, you know, and, and, you know, within the class, we've got a bunch of, you know, sets and reps like anything. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we've got, uh, everything from fire ground examples to actually the kitchen table, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. trying to set the tone there that, 
if I'm going to say, you know, just kind of running through at roll call, making my assignments for the day, I'm going to say, okay, David, you're the engineer today. You know, we, we, you know, uh, and you know, most of the time, you know, back back in my day, I don't hate to say it that way, but you know, back in my day, that that probably was, you know, you're driving today, and Larry, you're backed up. You know, Larry, you're on the ambulance or you know whatever it was going to be. And we walked away and we went about our business. But, you know, through the teamwork initiative, we're, we're looking for that to be an opportunity to engage in that dialogue and that that to from. So what I would say today is that, you know, hey, David, you're, you're engineering today, so you're going to be the driver operator. Uh, let, let, let's talk real quick about what your first three responsibilities are when we arrive on the fire station. Let's make sure that we're communicating. You know, so if we open up early in that non-emergent side of things with, you know, I'm going to give you an order. You're going to be the driver of the day today. Now I need you to tell me what your first three responsibilities are. You know, when you arrive mm-hmm. at the seat, let's talk about that a little bit more. So, you know, starting there and and through regular training evolutions. But uh, I can picture a couple of the slides where we've got uh, a really, really, you know, chugging away uh, single family. You know, heavy, dark, thick. You know, pressure driven smoke out of the uh, Division A uh, front door there. And then the lieutenant is standing over on the side over at the Bravo or Alpha Delta corner over there. And the companies are just getting ready to move inside there. And you can clearly see it's a, you know, a deep seated working fire across the inside. Mm-hmm. And you can see evidence of a basement fire along, along the backside there. So the prompt is, and because again, we're trying to use some of the new technology, we use a, an app called the Socratic uh, app and we use it mm-hmm. on our phones. We, we asked the student to, okay, if, if, if the lieutenant gives you an order to make entry through Division A, and you know that it's a basement fire, and you know there's a better and you know safer way to make you know make make that attack on the fire, what and how would you say you know express your concerns there? So, and then we we built those all the way out for all the levels that you know if if you know Division C is asking for you know two more truck companies to the rear, and you know incident command is is just going to start to send them there, um, you know maybe his. You know, a safety officer is going to chime in and say, Chief, you know, we got, you know, you know, signs of collapse in the Bravo Charlie corner. Let's, you know, reposition companies away from whatever. So we, we built a bunch of interjects to, you know, learn that dialogue and to learn some of those principles. And, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably have to show you a little bit further how, how we dig into sure. it. But, you know, the, you know we, we've been at this for two years now, and the response has been, overwhelmingly positive for, you know, the attendees that have been in the small groups and going through these things. And, you know, I, I was going to tell you a little bit about my story of the cab, you know, in, in the sterile cockpit. Well, the slide that we use is, you know, the inside of the cab of an engine responding to a fire. It's a cold, snowy day, you know, somewhere in central Illinois. Uh, you can see a, a farm silo over on the side and some large open areas. And all of a sudden out in the distance, you can see a big header coming up. You know, you're dispatched to a structure fire. You make the corner on the main street there and you start heading down there and you can see, obviously, you got a big fire. So the question is, what is the conversation and the dynamic inside the cab? You know, what should the captain be telling his crew and what information should the crew be expecting from the captain? And then we run a little bit of a sim that the captain, you know, doesn't quite give all the information that maybe the backstep firefighter wants to hear so we're trying to teach them how to respectfully and correctly, you know, advocate, you know, for their safety and their concerns by asking the right types of questions. Hey, Cap, are we going to be doing a forward lay down in this? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, Cap, you know, so, you know, we, we have a bunch of interjects built in there to, 
kind of stress that captain a little bit in terms of him, you know, not, not giving that information there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're, we're looking forward to some larger scale, you know, yeah. you know rollouts things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, to our end, that was our kind of our sterile cockpit that, you know, we're not, you know, we're talking all business when we see the header down the street. Yeah. yeah. What does it sound like in the headset or what are we, you know, looking over the shoulder to tell the firefighter that, Hey, you know, we got a fire here. Uh, you know, this is a non-hydrated area. So we're going to drop and we're going to, you know, lead in, you know, from the corner here, be ready to get the hydrant bag and lead out here, mm-hmm. or, you know, the water supply bag or whatever. So yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what, what some of those things look like. So, so that's my other question, though. Too, my other question, yeah. though, uh, is kind of about uh, unpacking a little more this uh, the diversion, uh, divergence of opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I'm just listening to it words wise, it sounds like, you know, you and I have two different ones. And so, are you saying this is a thing where we are doing away with that? Explain that a little more to me because I'm. Okay. I went to public school, so yeah, the, you know that the, the you know the, the divergence of opinion also has a twin, which is the convergence of opinion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as well. And, and one has to kind of come from you know from the other. And uh, you know the the scenario there, David, was you know the three of us with our different experience levels give us a diverse opinion of of what we're looking at based on our experiences and training and things like that. So by having that divergence of opinion and, and, you know, know, Larry, Larry could be a tradesman. He he could be a carpenter by trade working Mm -hmm. as a firefighter now. And, you know, I I could be a, you know, uh, an architect knowing how the building, you know, and and then you're, you're the science guy. So you know all about the fire dynamics piece. So, you know, the Mm -hmm. divergence of all of our, you know, experiences and bringing them together from our diverse backgrounds gives us more information for that supervisor or that officer to make better, you know, better opinions so that when those things converge together, again, that officer now is hopefully aimed with the best information, you know, that, that he can have to make the right decisions. You know, so we can get that water in the right place. We can start that search where we need to get that search started and things like that. So, wow. uh, you know, combining those two things together and, uh, you know, and, and just just letting our, our firefighters know that you're going to count on them, you know, to ask for clarity. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's about a lot of it, you know, asking for clarity in, in, in many situations, mm. you know, more than it is anything. You know, help me understand this. Why are we going in this door versus over here? Mm. And it's not meant to be questioning your authority and your, you know, your decision making. Hey, you know, I, I just, you know, what, what, you know, what brought us over here versus, you know, what I thought we were going to do. Right, right. You know, we're, right. You know, yeah. uh, you know, start with why, you know, you know, the, you know, the start with why concept, uh, you know, there, I think kicks in, you know, very well there. So I love that. I, um, <laughs> because, and that's another kind of, adds more to what we were talking about a little earlier that you got these different generational thoughts. The most common generational thought different than maybe back when you and I came on a job where it was more authoritative. Mm-hmm. We do it because that's what the supervisor said do. And that was it. And and when you get a little more time on, then you can question or say something. But right now, mm-hmm. do what you say. If I want your opinion, I'll tell you what your opinion is, you know. Yeah. These days, yeah. you really can't get away with that without having, I mean, you might can try to bully your way into that type of authority, but you're not going to have a long-lasting quality team with that 
if they don't understand why. And like you said, do it at the kitchen table, do it in training so you can lessen how much why you have to explain. But what mm-hmm. you've done that's even better than what David and I try to teach as far as doing more of that downtime relationship building stuff so it'd be less you have to use your authority when the when the uh, emergency hits is now during emergency there's respectful dialogue to even dig even deeper into mm-hmm. us working together as a team mitigating increasing safety of everybody on the scene and like you said having those different viewpoints um come together in a more sterile environment that is even better. So it drills down even more. But I, I love it because now there's no excuse for us not to be a great team. Mm. You got mm-hmm. to reduce your authority, uh, empower what people know, give them value. As David, I would say, um, uh, continue to support their high status and then their high mm-hmm. status um, working on the team, not just in training, but now at the at the scene, and they're contributing to success of the fire. Then it's the true team. We did it. Hey, I, I said this part, and I did this part, and I contributed this part, and now it's a true team win. And and even more on top of that, now you're not training uh, new officers from scratch. They they've participated now in some way in the success of some, some, you know, mitigations. And so they're that further down the road in their studies of becoming an officer or whatever, if that's what they want Mm -hmm. to do. And even if they don't want to become officer, they're still empowered as, you know, as a, as a firefighter. Does that that make sense? And, 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 you know, what, you know, obviously we have some case studies and things, and, you know, obviously we're interpreting information that other people have distributed about incidents. I, I, I wasn't there at all. And I, all I can, you know, say, I, you know, I've, I've heard Dr. David Griffin talk about the Charleston nine, you know, personally and his experiences and I've read the reports and things like that. But, you know, as I, you know, I, I as I'm driving the RV around, I get a lot of windshield time, I call it just to kind of reflect on, you know, different things. And I was thinking about that case related to CRM and the FTI here, the teamwork initiative. And I thought, you know, we, we lost nine, you know, brave, you know, tremendous firefighters, you know, you know, lost to the other families and the community and the fire service as a whole there. But as, as you look at a lot of things that went wrong there, and, and again, I'm, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but when, when I look at you know, the overall perspective of everything that happened there is that I, I really struggle to believe that, you know, one or maybe more of those nine saw something that maybe caused them concern, maybe raised the hair on the back of their neck, maybe the pucker factor, whatever, based on maybe smoke or the size of the building or the lack of the water supply or the choice of the hand lines going in to fight the fire. But in the culture that was in place at that time in that in, in that uh, department, which I know they've worked very hard to change and break and, and, and move in a different direction, from what we understand, they, they weren't really given the ability to uh, question orders and things like that. It, it just it, that just wasn't something something that happened. And you know, maybe even for the others who survived the incident, there were several close calls and things with other members who were you know very close to losing their life in that same incident that. You know, if, if someone, one of those people in that, of, of any of the fatalities or the close calls would have said something 
about and it, it's getting hot in here. The visibility is getting bad. I don't think we have the right size line or whatever. We might have had a completely different, right. you know, different outcome. And, and you can break that down to any close call or you know other, you know, other type of incident that you know if, if someone would have only said something and you know and and that that's that's kind of the genesis of what we're trying to do with the project is we're trying to. Um, I, you know, one, one of the very early intro slides talks about getting people to ask the right questions in the right manner to the right people so so that we can take and we can, you know, not, not have a free for all. And we're not looking for this big, gigantic group thing that, that that's not not nothing of what the what we're trying to do. But we're just trying to get teams that trust each other. They have a mutual trust for each other. They have a mutual respect for the lines of authority and responsibility and, and the supervisor or the company officer, or the battalion, whoever trusts their people enough to allow them to give them feedback. And, you know, especially if we get to the point where we are working in that shared mental model where we're looking at it the same way, um, you know, I can't see everything. I can't be on all four sides of the building. I'm not stretching, you know, whatever. We need to, you know, have, you know, that right, you know, tone and chemistry of communication to happen in between. And um, one of the spinoffs, you know, Larry, you're, you're the training guy. So uh, in in a after training event, there, there, there's going to be a great piece of CRM or our teamwork initiative here that, Oftentimes when firefighters do a tower evolution and, you know, like, you know, I look at, you know, IFSI, you know, we got a nice five-story burn tower down there or whatever, and they go and do the evolution and things go very well. And the officer, you know, calls everybody out. Then the instructor, you know, brings everybody together for a quick hot wash or, you know, after action. And usually it's, it's just very, very, you know, what'd you do? What'd you do? Yeah, that went great. That went great. Okay, let's go reset and let, let, let's do the next thing. But th- there's an opportunity there as part of what we teach in the initiative that if it goes well, what, what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to use a critical thinking type of thing with you. And I'm going to say, okay, so yeah, Larry, you know, you, you and your team did a really nice job. You got the line up to the third floor, you got water on the fire, got your primary search, you located the victim, uh, you know, got him down to the second floor and turned him over to the truck, you know, for removal. So let's change that, Larry. Let, let's let, let's ask you here. So what happens if that was a 300-pound victim mm-hmm. instead of an 80-pound rescue Randy? What happens if you would have let out short to the entrance to the room but not completely in the room? What techniques with stream management do we know today that you could have used to soak the water on the fire? Uh, what happens if there would have been a premature ventilation hole prior to getting water on the fire and getting that temperature controlled, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm excited about that piece, maybe more than anything in the entire curriculum, just to teach people how to, you know, challenge successes by moving it up to the next level that, yeah, you, you were successful, but what if this happened? What if this didn't happen? You know, what happens if the pump was going to be late to send water to you or if the truck was late to do this or whatever? So if we learn how to better, you know, give a, you know, post-incident or post-training uh, analysis or whatever there, uh, the, all of that helps build that team. So that goes back to your question too, David. I, I think if mm-hmm. in training, if we're doing those things and the firefighters, you know, see that the boss is looking to get, you know, in their opinion, if if this happened, you know, kind of the if then, you know, kind of the if this, then that kind of a, a principle there. Um, that that helps us build the teamwork initiative or the CRM skills in too, because they know they can freely give input about an operation, you know, in, in the critique, 
and hopefully that spills over to a regular operation as well. So now for us with this, is this just for um, um, trying to roll it out for the school or is this something you, you, you're able to travel and teach as well? Uh, right right now, this is uh, just, just the Illinois Fire Service Institute. You know, the, the, this is our, our program uh, at the Institute, and our hope is to maybe get this up and available so that um, we have the traditional model that we're going to be delivering here. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get this one done in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be developing a blended version of the class mm-hmm. so that you can take it in this type of a format, right. uh, you know, one-on-one or in small groups and things like that. So we can deliver it through a blended you know, learning approach right. there too. So no, I love it. So um, David, uh, how do you, mm-hmm. I know your, your brain probably was spinning like mine and as far as like a lot of mm-hmm. similarities to our um, status, um, status explanation on things. And uh, one of the things I saw that maybe uh, made me kind of rethink a few things, not rethink how to do it, but just rethink maybe um, ways to even express it better. A lot of times I talk about how um, you definitely are heavy on the democratic type of relationship when it's a non-emergency or at the firehouse or whatever. That way, when you have to be autocratic at the fire scene, it's not questioned mm-hmm. as much, but it sounds like with some of this, you want to maybe let the reins off that a, a bit. There still have to be some authority for accountability purposes, but sure. let the reins off a bit to allow for this type of um, 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 dialogue so um, there's a good balance between um, seeing empowering, um, but like you said, how is the question and how do you move forward? It doesn't slow down um, the speed needed to um, mitigate these emergencies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, first of all, let me say <clears throat> that uh, you getting a, the a degree has just changed the way, you know, we we talk, period, because I, I don't think I've ever heard you use autocratic and democratic uh, in the same sentence. So I'm, I'm just saying I'm, I'm proud of the whole thing. I thought it was just a piece of paper that you got and put some words on it, but this this degree thing might actually be real. Ma. Anyway, um, no, in all, all seriousness, uh, that's what got me sort of uh, hype when he started talking about like the divergence of opinion and everything, because uh, one of the things that we're always talking about is how everyone's contribution is is important to the team and is crucial to the team and how uh, the ineffective way this sort of authority model of leadership has been that, you know, like Larry said before, uh, if I want your opinion, I'll tell you what it is or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and thinking that you know it all simply by virtue of the fact that you're in the position or that even if I'm listening to what you say, I'm only listening uh, you know, with half attention because obviously you're the new guy or you have less time on than me or whatever mm-hmm. reason I've decided to lower your status. This is the uh, sort of perfect execution of equal high status in the sense that you say uh, no matter, you know, where, you, what, where you're coming from as far as how long you've been with the team, your lived experience uh brings a unique perspective to the team, which potentially can make us better. And it can only do one or two things. It can either uh, improve the team in some way as far as like 
uh, us taking your contribution and that contribution expanding uh, our ability to attack any sort of issue uh, more efficiently and effectively, or it's a learning opportunity for that person who we say, okay, that part is, uh, you know, is, is good that you brought that contribution up, but um, here's where, you know, you may be able to get some more insight into how this would, you know, be better when you bring it up next time or when you are, you're learning from it as you go, like say being the new guy, here's where that would work there, but why it doesn't work here. You can get those types of things. But again, more to Larry's point and also to yours, Chief, uh, earlier is it's before you get to the emergency situation that these things are cultivated and built so that by the time you do get there, a lot of that conversation uh, doesn't get taken wrong either way, going either way, because you started to build uh, that foundation through letting people know that their contributions are valuable, letting them uh, be able to express and train people on the things that they may know something about that you don't like your example earlier where, you know, Larry would be the carpenter and, you know, you would be the architect. And th these types of things can help give us uh, an edge on, you know, the different structures of things or the history of some of the structures in the city that, you know, we where I, I've been, I would have lived in the city all my life, but not known, you know, sort of academically, uh, some of the reasons that things were built a certain way or whatever that you would know that would make us just be more effective. So doing that in what would be considered the downtime makes you a lot more effective when it's go time, you know, and I think a lot of times when we start talking about this, everybody defaults to the go time and say, well, it can't be, uh, to use a, a degree Larry Conley term, you can't be democratic at the, at the fire scene, you know, well, of course not, you know, that that's going to make you a lot less efficient. Mm -hmm. But if you've built that beforehand, then it, it doesn't even come across as, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. opp oppressively authoritative when you're at the, at the fire scene, it's part of the mechanism and how that goes. Because the bigger problem with the authorities, and I'm going to shut up, is that in that thing, everybody doesn't understand uh, the the responsibility that's on the leader who has to have the authority. But even the leader doesn't understand it in a sense where they say, all the contributions are valuable, but the responsibilities are as different as the, you know what I mean, the experiences that we're bringing to the table. So the chief has a certain level of responsibility that he's going to have to answer for, where the captain has a different level of responsibility. The private has a different level of responsibility. So pursuant to those levels of responsibility, everybody has to have whatever deference they have, and we know that. But that does not mean that your contributions or less that your status is less because the responsibilities are different. And that's a thing that we just got to get together uh, in the, in the downtime. And, and I, I love this divergence of opinion. And so um, that's, I'm just going to be studying that a lot more. That's yeah, no doubt. Yeah. The, and I, I think you said that very well. And, and, you know, again, that, you know, when, when this is first introduced at the company level, it's, you know, that, you know, I, I, I would envision it as, you know, guys, you know, understand that I'm still going to make the decisions, you know, mm -hmm. based on incident action plans or what we have to do, but I can't see everything. I can't hear everything. I can't smell, taste, or feel everything mm -hmm. there. You guys are going to have to be 
you know, additional sets of eyes and ears so that, you know, right. collectively we can make better decisions. And, you know, so, some of the initial pushback that we had in the first, you know, few of the trial groups were, you know, that were, you know, educating firefighters, you know, to, to the point on this, that where they're going to get fired because they're being insubordinate, you know, they're questioning their, you know, and they didn't know they're, you know, we're, we're teaching them to help their bosses make better decisions. You know, you know, the, well, I, I want to make the decisions. Well, you know, you know, you know, what's even better than that? I'm going to teach you how to make better decisions. You're going to make better decisions because not only, hey, I see the fire on the Alpha Bravo corner, second floor. It looks like it's a bedroom. If we go in through the door to do this, 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 and this, everybody knows exactly what the plan of attack is and what page we're going to be on to go ahead and do that. So it's not tactics by opinion anymore. It's based on this set of factors and these sets of decisions that get the water up to where it needs to be so that the search can be completed, uh, you know, whatever it's going to be. So, you know, we're making better decisions because of, of these principles and, um, and, you know, all the way up to the command level, um, you know, the Sully right. Stolenberger incident with land in the plane in the Hudson, you know, we, you know, I, I tried not to make this a curriculum that, echoed so much of aviation, but, you know, there, there's lessons in that that are tremendous that at one point, you know, when, when they're deciding to land the plane in the Hudson, Sully turns to his co-pilot and says, what am I missing? Is you got any other ideas? He said, what am I missing? Do you got any other ideas? And the co-pilot hesitated. No, none that I can think of. You know, so again, you know, before they executed that, you know, what, what am I missing? What, what aren't, what aren't I seeing here? And, mm-hmm. and in our slides, when we get to the chief officer side of things, that that command aide or that safety officer, that communication in in the teamwork or CRM principle here is is just that those exact words, David, is mm-hmm. what am I missing? Yeah. What am I wow. not seeing? What am I not hearing? What isn't mm-hmm. done? What isn't being effective or whatever it's going to be? So. You know, eventually, as I hope this sinks in through the industry and the business here, yeah. you know, even just at a local level, you know, we, we, we get everybody talking along those same lines that if we have this, this is what you need to do. And, you know, here's my benchmarks for progress and success. And here's my rules of disengagement on, on, on this operation. And, you know, as, as we keep everybody moving on those, you know, same shared mental models, we're, we're more successful, but that's only if we get everybody to buy into everybody's opinion, everybody's viewpoint, you know, properly managed, uh, you know, and, and, and delivered you know, is, is going to get us there. So we want people, so we want, we want people to be um, participants, participants <clears throat> and that's what's going to increase success because if they're just attendees being managed mm-hmm. and they're not going to, uh, they, they decrease safety. And, uh, yep. and and mitigations, but that's what we, what side of the look for. That's, what we look for right? that's, that's what we look for there, right, Forrest? That's right. Yeah, Principal Forrest, this is a whole other class, David, and and, and mm. Forrest had this. It, it applies today with with this new right. with this new thing he's rolling out, and and I still got that's this true. from my dear friend Forrest because of uh, uh, you know yep. before I knew mm-hmm. anything, I was an attendee. Then when I started counting. Getting, getting busy with stuff. That's great. You know, and anybody can be an attendee, and there's a reason it's on that side of the stage. Right, right. Right. I was right. about to say, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. It's very symbolic. That's right. So, <laughs> we want people to be participating. Yeah, it's a Christian show, so we're not going to talk about it. Right, but right. Really, right. <laughs> but no, nah, great stuff, man. That, I, I can't wait to uh, really delve more into it and, and 
and get it infused in the uh, Collinsville, Illinois Fire Department and, uh, and, and really uh, make it part of our growing um, uh, DNA is who we become. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, actually, uh, the Fire Department Safety Officers Conference is next week in Phoenix. Hmm. Uh, so it works out nice. Uh, uh, there, there's a two-part workshop on crew resource management in the fire service. Uh, John Tippett, uh, who did time in Charleston as, as a, a chief over there, uh, is uh, going to be delivering a, a two-part workshop on, on CRM there uh, to roll out a brand new uh, product by the International Fire Chiefs on crew resource management in the fire service. So, um, you know, th- this is a, you know, uh, I'm seeing it as a, a groundswell, you know, kind, kind of a thing on this, yeah. you know, moving forward because it's being attacked by you know a lot of good people coming yeah. from a lot of good, uh, you know, backgrounds to, to integrate these concepts. Yeah. Well, man, I'm, I'm excited. And it seems like um, when you talk about stuff that principally works for people, um, everybody has most um, people good who have a who are good and for the betterment of their organizations or these industries all have a similar voice saying things, you know, that's pushing in the same direction. That's what I love about it, you know, uh, and, and proving the airline is in the military of some, some of the great things to model things after, because you wonder why mm-hmm. they're so successful. And I say this, right mm-hmm. quick, we can start wrapping this up because I know uh, Forrest got stuff to do, even though he's retired, he's, he's got a very, Active retirement schedule there. We want to honor that. Um, I got the Bears and the Packers yeah, around. Oh, Bears. Oh, Bears. Uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't put that shirt there. I can't bear to look at it. You know. There we go. <laughs> uh, um, I had one one of my uh, best friend's brother used to be working procurement, uh, supplying the air, airline with. Um, with uh, supplies and things of that sort. Like, let's say uh, airline needed tires. Then they would, um, you know, they would call it his company and his company would, you know, make sure they got the tires they needed. Um, so when they sent them the tires, the tires would be um, bought, but the tires were bought because the they had, why am I going blank? But anyway, the tires would have, um, not because they were worn out, because they had did a certain amount of miles. And since they had did a certain amount of miles already, they would just get rid of the tires. Now, you and I might look at tires and man, this got a lot of tread on it. Put the penny on it, still looks good and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, um, uh, you know, they, they want to get rid of these tires. Well, they would get rid of the tires because the tires had reached a certain um, um, clock clock hours. That's what it was. The tires had reached a certain amount of clock hours. Once they reached a certain amount of clock hours, they got rid of the tires. Didn't matter if they would um, 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 look bad, had some bald spots, whatever. The clock hours, they would get rid of them. And they did that because they knew that these tires had uh, they gonna you know because you can imagine the the pressure a, a tire would take for example on the airline 
all of their purses landing on the tire, then it's flying down the runway, then it's taking off. Then you got to put the brakes on. You don't heard the brakes on the, you know, whatever. So the clock hours on these tires would be the way they would get, they would replace the tires. Mm. And so I wrote it because David and I talk a lot about being proactive. And, and when you're proactive in things, you don't wait till things where I'll get bad and be reactive on fixing it. You fix it proactively. You mm-hmm. know, keep your oil changed mm-hmm. in your car, you do that. But a lot of us, if you, we were saying on the road, we don't change our tires when it's clock hours. We change our tires because mm-hmm. it's balls. It's like it's a ball, yeah. Like a leather coat is wrapped around the rim. Be like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I guess, I guess we should change the tires when yeah, I say tires. Start saying happy birthday. Yeah, yeah right, right. Mm-hmm. So, where I was going with that is that I, I wrote the article based on if we do most of our lives, especially in the fire service, according to clock hours, we probably would reduce accidents even more. The reason I love the, um, the using the airline examples because. Uh, I had a discussion years ago about somebody said, well, I don't really like to fly. I just drive everywhere because it's safer. I said, well, statistically speaking, it's safer to fly. Mm-hmm. And they was like, well, I said, because there's somebody every day gets killed in an automobile accident. Every day. May not be somebody you know, may not be something in your town, but every day in the world, somebody gets killed in an automobile accident. So it's not the safest. Planes don't drop out the sky every day. Mm-hmm. And if, if they did, well, how do you know? I said, because if you did, that would be news because that many people, hundreds of people dying is news. So they're not going to say, oh, 10 planes crashed and 2,000 people died, but we didn't hear about it. You're going to hear about that. So where I'm going with that is because thousands of planes take off every day and land successfully. You hear about the ones that didn't make it, but they take off and land successfully. That's because they have so many um, uh, systems in place. Systems in place to make sure that, like the force was talking about earlier, with how the relationship is in the cockpit, um, um, the procurement of parts and stuff like that. The every little thing has a clock hour attached to it. It's not based on does it look worn out or not or, or whatever. It's clock hours that replace the critical elements of a flight. So when you get all these successful systems in place, that's why planes don't crash all the time, fall out the sky, you know, run in the mountains and all that kind of stuff because the systems help keep it. Why? Because you got so many souls you have to protect every day. If we did that more in the fire service, we probably wouldn't lose as many because we would deal more on sterile environments, clock hours, things of that sort that would help mm-hmm. us even be more proactive and in front of things that kills us. And you know, what's another funny thing too, Larry, just with what you said there is that we, we do talk about everybody doing us, you know, their own, you know, personal size ups of an incident. That's redundancy. Mm-hmm. So our redundancy in making good decisions on the fire ground is all three of us doing a size up based on that shared mental model mm-hmm. there with our own individual expertises again and, and own individual experiences to make the best possible decisions. So the redundancy, just like you said, in the aviation in the cockpit is just what we're doing when, you know, we, we do a size up of, of the incident or, you know, I give you the, you know, I give you the, hey, we're, you know, inch and three quarter to the second floor to do this, this, and this. 
you check it back and say, okay, boss, I got an inch and three quarters, second floor, we're going to do this and this, um, you know, you know, let's, let's keep an eye out for, you know, smoke change and banking down on us. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, so, <laughs> you know, the tech tells us, so all of those are our version of the redundancies with the, you know, with the lights and the cockpit yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. You know, we're, we're just doing it by, yeah. you know, by, by here and what we, all those other things. So, and like, right said, on. like I said, I love it because you're not, it's not like right now I'm helping, um, and she'll, she'll probably listen to this podcast when it comes out. Uh, Jessica Jackson on the same day you met, as far as you know, Jessica. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and right now studying for the captain's test. But a lot of the stuff that we talk about is stuff that she knows. But a lot of stuff we talk about, she said, you know, we don't really do that that often. Or we don't, it's part of our uh, our SOPs, SOPs. But since we don't do it that often, I almost have to learn it to be prepared mm-hmm. to pass the test. But just think if we did it, like you just said, mm-hmm. part of your language, part of the redundancy of, uh, of, of your language you wouldn't be starting from scratch on some elements of the promotional exam. But the reason so many places or you have to cram so much is because you don't do the redundancy of, of successful things. So um, you kind of start from scratch on some elements of, of the promotional exam, unfortunately. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. no, I love that. And like I said, well, if we do like what you're saying and master this, particular route of doing things everybody is a captain every day or everybody's a company mm-hmm. every day everybody's a chief every day because you're those little bits that you're picking up um, in each incident and you kind of using a version of this mm-hmm. keeps that pump prime so by the time it's time for promotional exam things like that you're kind of just reviewing you're not starting from scratch and what or have formed such bad habits that you've deviated way over here when the standard is here, but the culture is here. If the culture and needs are more lined up, culture plus the standard, these successful practices, mm-hmm. then because we, if, we, if we flip the script in the fire service and, and, and we, I'm not slamming, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great, still a great industry. I, w- I would rather be a firefighter than being uh, an airline pilot, you know. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying about that is that just think if we flipped the script and said, okay, we'll figure it out when we get there or mm-hmm. we'll train when we feel like we're not going to train as often as we should or could or whatever. And we, we put our model in the airline industry <laughs> and then mm-hmm. put their model with us. Would more planes be falling out the sky? We got to kind of think about that. That's the hard mm-hmm. question we can ask ourselves. With our existing system, right? Because you feel the system that we talk about with the airline. If you over in the country, we ain't never heard of before, and they have an airport that flights fly in and out of. They follow pretty much, if not the exact same uh, uh, um, methodology mm-hmm. that you talk about. If you worked at a, you know, work you flew in the United States or something like that. That's why you don't hear about. A lot of planes fall out the sky in countries you ain't never heard of before, mm-hmm. yep. because they use a version, if not the exact same model. Makes sense, you know. Man, I love it. I love it. I want to talk about it more as it develops, um, you know, future broadcasts and things of that sort. Um, and I can't wait to see it continue to mature and, and all of that, and 
Yeah, it's going to grow up nice. I think. Yeah, yep. I like. It. I love it. Yeah. See, that, David, that, that that's for us reader right there, man. That, come on, man. Did we learn something? To grab a strong day. No, that's what's up, man. It's always it's just always a pleasure because you're gonna always learn something for real. And it's not like you know, but some people talk. You'd be above your head. Be like, you know what? That's that must be some airline stuff because that's that's way up there in the altitude. I went to right. school, you know. <laughs> I can't I can't get down like that. But mm-hmm. to be able to be able to take something uh, that could be complex and then make it that uh, something that all firefighters can can own and 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 participate in with no excuse. That's uh that's a pretty good testament to your um, your teaching abilities as well. So, um. To wrap this thing up, I know we could talk forever, and we don't want to because we don't want to miss the bears. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he said, "Don't worry, don't worry, I got it going." Now. <laughs> no, but th- thanks for sharing your time with us, sir, and um, look forward to seeing you. Um, I guess in a couple of weeks you'll be at uh, Missouri Winter Fire School. Yeah, yeah, you'll know, see it. Yeah, Winter Fire School, and then that follows up by uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be teaching that? this at the Winter Fire School? No. Okay. No. Too bad. No. I'm gonna, I was gonna uh, let David uh, teach by himself. I was gonna come to the class. But I can't tell you how I many people are advocating for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a movement. Right, 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 right. There you go. Well, see David, the star. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just so anyway, we'll wrap it up. We'll uh, let um, Forrest start out. Uh, we'll go to Mommy Lane. David, then I'll, I'll be clean up on, on wrapping everything up. All right. Thanks, all. Parting words. <laughs> great, uh, great opportunity to spend some time with you guys today, as always. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I've been, like you say, a couple of years since we've talked, and uh, I made up my own stats. But, uh, you know, the <laughs> last time we talked was the number one downloaded and listened to show of all time. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Make up my own facts. Yeah, so I got to make up my own facts sometimes. Just the facts, boys. Just the facts. <laughs> always, uh, you know, always here to help, and always, uh, you know, enjoy spending time with all you guys. You know, I know, uh, you know, you carry the heavy burden of uh, of, of those two, uh, you know, with you all the time there, and uh, uh, you can't be prouder of, uh, of of the work they do and continue to do and, and stuff like that. A couple of special men there. Mm-hmm. Appreciate, it. mom. All right, mom. I think you ought to have him on like on a regular basis, every few months or something, or whatever. Because this mm-hmm. stuff is just fascinating, bringing mm-hmm. up things that um, well, I don't always hear about. But even with what you were talking about, some of this this seems so common sense, but also innovative at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of, you know, just listening. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. asking too many questions because I was like, "Keep going." <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you make when you make Mama speak, because she must be saying something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. okay. Thank you. Only other thing that does that is food. <laughs> watch it, watch it. <laughs> I'm giving you, but I can't start though. Do you, <laughs> know? So, you know, we you want us to stop right now, right? Okay. No, but I was glad to even uh, see Forrest again, but. I mean, some of the things he was saying was just so just innovative and fascinating. So I think you ought to be on here, you know, 
a little more frequently than every two years. Yeah, <laughs> well, we probably can arrange that. We'll see. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. you know, just, oh, catch up with Forrest's schedule. He was like, where's Waldo? You know, like, where are you today, Forrest? <laughs> <laughs> where in the world is Forrest? Yeah, where, yeah. where is Forrest? You know, he's, he'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, be like I'm in the forest. I'm getting a bad reception. And I don't have my I don't have my readers with me, so I can't read. No, no, no. <laughs> Isn't what I did that day before? That's a nice reader. I did the best I could. That's so corny. So it gets worse as it gets later. <laughs> Good job, Boris. Good job. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, you know, chopping it up with you. Um. And, you know, it's been that way for years and, and you never disappoint. So uh, I took uh, notes and normally, you know, I, I use this time to, to nap. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but it was it was like really, really very interesting and very mm-hmm. exciting that this type of leadership, yeah. you know, is going forward. Um, and I would expect it to not be. Uh, coming from you know anybody other than somebody like yourself, and mm-hmm. so you know, like I said, I'm going to be uh, just researching some of those because they are aligned so well with you know the empower model and some of the principles that uh, that mm-hmm. we're teaching. But it's it's a really nice way of of looking at it, you know, in a way that supports teamwork and everything. So. Um, that's fantastic and it was worth the price of admission. Thanks for your time. I don't want you to, you know, miss mm-hmm. out on, on the game, but we really appreciate you coming through, really. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my friend, um, until next time, and it's always a pleasure, always learning stuff. And, um, and thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being a resource. Um, and thanks for being real. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. that's about everybody who's, you know, who's a leader in the fire service. One thing I love about the fire service is especially um, the American fire service. Nobody has a kiss the ring mentality. Everybody like, yeah, I'm here to help. Um, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Just, you know, take what I take and see what you need out of it and, and, and do it. And uh, so it's made my job that transition to administration a lot easier in that regard. And then um, it's just always great to see you guys on the road and chop it up and, you know, have have some uh, hybrid of conversation where we're discussing just everyday stuff along with stuff that makes us better when we leave the conversation, even if we've had a few beers or whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, so now it's, it's, it's turning into travel season pretty soon, starting with fire school and all the way through FDIC and, and beyond. So... <laughs> Looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, seeing each other in person and, and all that. I, I love that we are doing um, the shows in these formats now because we can see each other throughout the year mm-hmm. this way. But it's nothing like, you know, being the gathering of, of all of our minds, whether you're a presenter or a student or wherever you are in the fire service, that all those gatherings that we get together and try to, do the iron sharpens iron and make each other better is, is just what makes our um, service unique. And I'm glad for all the gatherings where we're gathering here in this in this format or gathering physically at conferences or gathering in articles or whatever, wherever the gathering is and, and we're learning something from each other. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, hmm. it's, it's just a great experience. 
yeah, to, you know, I, I mean, I will say as to be a firefighter to understand. Maybe other industries do it. I don't know. You know, maybe the <laughs> the people, you know, that say toe jams, maybe they have a conference. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but for us, uh, this is a very unique experience and great experience, especially got people like my good friend Forrest Reader. So thanks for always mm-hmm. being there for keeping it simple for the public school guys and um, mm-hmm. and keep doing what you're doing. You know, I know this is he could have just said, I'm done. I'm, I'm doing this thing over 40 years. I'm I'm just going to chill before I still finds that time to have fun and still gives us something that can um, literally mm-hmm. save lives if we do it according to um, the wow. way it's presented. And, um, so thanks for that that type of dedication to our craft, no matter what. Um, <clears throat> I guess in another eight weeks, Six six weeks, is that from seven weeks? Every seven weeks we do this, so we have another great guest, another great topic. Um, Forrest is a rock star, but he's not the only one. He just might be the king of the rock star, but he's not the only <laughs> one. Uh, we just had your good friend Billy uh, Goldfeather in in Collinsville um, uh, last month, and that was that was fun. Billy did Billy, and uh, he, he, <laughs> it was worth the price of admission. So that was a great time. And, uh, <laughs> I like about Billy's been around for I was teasing when I introduced him. I said when Billy Goldfeather started in the fire service, I was in the third grade. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> we like to remind him of yeah, that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but he did a great job and we had a had a good time. So uh um, I know that you guys are, are pretty close and work close together and making sure that we uh um, do your part in making firefighters as safe as possible. So we appreciate those initiatives as well. Um, but yeah, we have another great guest in about seven weeks. Check out the the show. Um, check us out online. We're on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Um, uh, I'm not on TikTok. I ain't figured out how to TikTok yet. Then uh, we got to learn that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know what Twitter's name now is. X Y Z or something like that. So I think we're <laughs> and, and on, on, on um, Instagram and on Instagram. So check us out, see where we are in the world. Where David and I be next. I know. I think our next assignment is went to fire school, which is the first weekend in February in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. And if the mm-hmm. almanac is right, David, I look at poor Richard's almanac, and sometimes I look at rich mm-hmm. Richard's almanac as well. And, uh, right. and and they both indicate that. It might be a nice weekend that weekend. No, sometimes we're driven up there and we like, you know, we can't get there. <laughs> you start breathing because their breath is fogging up the windows. We can't let them, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it could be rough driving in the middle of the winter up there, but we make it happen anyway. But, um, but it looks like it might be a nice weather, so I don't know. I don't know if it's nice enough to take the vet out, but it'd be, it'd be nice. You mm-hmm. know? That's good. But, um, so we'll see a winter fire school. We'll see Forrest. We'll see Joe Netter and, and a couple other greats that are, are going to be there as well. And then, um, but like I said, check us out, www.gluenationldc.com. Um, and check us out on us, all the social media stuff. And, and uh, hey, reach out. Tell us any topics um, that you'd like us to talk about. Uh, I know our main claim to fame is leadership, but uh, let us know mm-hmm. what you want and um, and realize today a lot of the stuff Forrest was talking about was really hitting the core of that personal leadership because everybody takes ownership, but 
Here's what I see. Here's what you see. And let's bring that to a consensus. Man, that's the epitome of great personal leadership converging to um, help out the situation. So it's, mm-hmm. he, he didn't even know he was doing it today. He was just he was just doing it. You know? so yes, I is. The brother from another mother. We here. We here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm down here working on my team. Yeah. So I know. That's how we see for like, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so shy, Black. You know? Okay. Need that dashik here, Right, 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 right. And teach me how to dance. Right. And <laughs> yeah. 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 Do the crip walk with us. Yep, yep. Anyway, anyway, so we'll see you next time on another episode of the. Larry Conley Radio Show, starring the Glue Crew. Talk to you later. The trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric, delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of Enforced Technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit TenkataFabrics.com slash Flex 7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics.